Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host Alex Metzger, along with me is my co-host Chase McCallum, and today we are going to do a bit of a Christmas wish list kind of thing um, for uh, the league. There's a few news pieces we're going to talk about, we'll probably hit them as we go along um, on this, but um, yeah, we figured with it being Christmas time, it's uh, the perfect time to do kind of a wish list. We're going to go through each team and give one thing that they are going to want for uh uh, Christmas. We did a similar thing last year, uh, and also it's perfect timing. Um, on lastwordonhockey.com right now, uh, they actually post we posted a Christmas wish list for each Canadian team uh, in the league as well. So uh, go check that out. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go through and just give uh, one thing for every team that we think they are going to be wanting, quote unquote, for Christmas. Obviously, into the new year, uh, some of these will be serious you know whether that's goaltending or something like that others might be a little less serious and then uh, a couple of the the more interesting topics i'll say uh we're gonna hit on and go a little longer on so uh let's just start uh, we're gonna go through by cap friendly and we're gonna go division by division um so we're gonna start in the pacific just because that is the first thing that opens up when i open cap friendly uh and we will start with the anaheim ducks chase what did you have for anaheim for Anaheim, I'm uh, <laughs> last year when we did this, I said the first overall pick a lot. So I'm gonna gonna nerf myself and not say that. For Anaheim, I'm just gonna say more cool Trevor Zegers highlights. I don't know if I've just been spending less time on Twitter, paying less attention to hockey in general, but like, feels like there's been a lot fewer cool Zegers clips going around this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. Where I don't know if it's just. You know, I don't know. The shine wearing off doesn't isn't the right way to put that, but like, I definitely agree. Where it's like, I don't know if it's happening less, and that's why people are posting it less, or if it's just it's not as cool the second year around. You know? Yeah, and it it probably is that second thing. But... Yeah, like I'm sure it is happening, and I will confess, I don't think I've watched more than a game and a half of the Anaheim Ducks this year. Um, yeah, I because, watched them play the Leafs. That was it. I don't hate yeah. myself enough to watch more than that. Exactly. Um, and I was kind of the same way. I actually had instead of more highlights from Zegras, I had um more play or better play from Zegras in terms of just I think if there's one thing this team should want, it is that Zegras's underlying numbers, even if he's not making the highlight plays, just absolutely shoot up because that would be the best thing long term for this franchise. Yeah, that would be. Absolutely fantastic, because, like, the problem, Zegers got a lot of hype, but he basically just was the most creative. He achieved average average results on ice in the most creative way possible last year, and I feel like that led to some some outsized expectations for him, which is a little unfortunate, but it would be, it would be nice to see those underlying numbers improve. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's not been a bad player by any means, but he also just hasn't been, like, controlling play or anything like that either you know yeah and being an average player at 20 is a huge with some flash it's like a huge compliment but people last year were trying to call him like a superstar and stuff it's like, yeah probably relax on that yeah absolutely so um all right the calgary flames uh 2021 jonathan huberto back yeah, I had basically the same thing. Jonathan Huberto creating offense again, um, which he, he's starting to do a little more recently. He's up to 22 points in 30 games, but like 
again, this is a dude at 115 points in 80 games. They brought him in to replace a 100-point player and be a 100-point player that they lost in Johnny Goudreau, and being on pace for 60 points or so just isn't going to cut that. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Oddly enough, his defensive numbers are are bad, but like lost in the flames being somewhat unlucky at five on five to explain away the results is that like the power play has been horrible. And you would think having one of the best passers on planet earth would be uh, maybe even improve on their power play from last year, but it's, it's been significantly worse. So yeah, exactly. Back there clutch. I'm assuming you meant to say his defensive results have been really good. Not really bad. Or, yes. They've been really good. On yeah. The Which is last year. the opposite of usually, you know, like last year, the reason he, People were saying he doesn't deserve to be in the heart races because his, he just abandons defense, which I think is you know still fair, but also I was I, I want to I'm curious to get your thought on this because there's lots of PDO cast and they were talking about this is it's good that he's playing defense like it, obviously it's better that he's at least being elite defensively this year than just giving them absolutely nothing, but also Calgary probably hates that they're getting the defensive results from Huberno and not the offense because they desperately need the offense. They have other guys to play defense well. They're paying Jonathan Huberno $10 million to play, to score 85, 95 points, not put up 60 and play good defensively, even if that does have more value than, you know, it probably looks like on the surface. Yeah, 100%. Like, you don't do what they did for Jonathan Huberno if what you're expecting is Marcus Foligno's defensive results. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, again, like those are very useful things to have, but you're paying the big dollars for people to push you over the edge. And the way you usually get pushed over the edge is playing extremely well offensively. Exactly. And like, I don't know if, if Tyler Toffoli put up those numbers, you'd be like, oh, that's, you know, not amazing, but you're happy enough with it. But from Huberto at 10 million, like you said, that, that gets tough. Yeah, ten million that hasn't even kicked in yet. I forgot that kicks in next year. Yeah, exactly. Funny enough, Toffoli's actually been better. Of all the players I could have picked, I picked somebody yeah, better been than unreal. Huberdo. Yeah, yeah, he's had a really good season, really strong. So, um, yeah, I, I'm same line of thinking there. Um, the only other one I was kind of thinking is maybe some rookie help or their coach to actually play some rookies to get some rookie help because. Um, they have like, I think we talked about it on the past podcast, they have like four guys in the AHL who've just been terrorizing the AHL for like three years now. Daryl Sutter just refuses to play them. Yeah, having a couple of them come up and just be depth scoring would be clutch because I assume Huberto will figure it out. But even still, it's not like the depth of this team scares you. No, exactly. Right. Like they remind me of the Leafs in that way. Yeah, I, I top I, six is electric, but it gets ugly fast offensively, right. anyways. Edmonton Oilers. I hate the Oilers. <laughs> I went between a couple things here. I'm curious to see where you went with this one. Um, the most obvious one I think is good Jack Campbell. Yeah. Um, the defenseman too, like Bouchard looked like a budding star, and then he's just absolutely cratered for whatever reason. You could go that way too if you wanted. I went on the defense, but a little different. I went a do-over on the Dardanelles contract. That's also a good one. I don't know if this is a huge shocking point or not, but I've noticed on Twitter, on Oilers Twitter, a little more that Nurse is taking more and more heat this year, and 
He hasn't been bad. In fact, he's been pretty decent this year, but he's just is not a $9.25 million defenseman. Well, that's the problem, right? He's just he's there, Morgan Riley. He's a good player and everything. It's probably not his fault that he's overmatched, but he clearly is given what you're paying him and asking and thinking he's like a number one defenseman or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I could even extend that to a do-over on a lot of defensive contracts for their team. Tyson Berry and Cody Cece are two more I'll throw in there. Yeah, you would definitely want a couple of those back. Yeah, like the, the Tyson Berry one is just brutal. You know, Cody CC, say what you want. He's probably about a million overpaid, but at least like he has brought NHL level results for three million bucks. Exactly. And the Barry one you can defend with like war numbers by being like, oh, they're not horrible. But of course, they're swung almost entirely by power play offense. And as we've often said with some of the guys on the Penguins, I'm not sure you deserve that much credit for being the power play quarterback on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's power play. Exactly. And that was the other thing I was going to bring up is my other option that I was going to swing to was um, learning how to play a five on five again, because uh, they're getting like outscored while Dreisaitl's on the ice at five on five. They're getting outscored. Yeah, exactly. And like they're getting outscored when their depth is on the ice at five on five. Like it's just their power play carrying this team along. And that is a little concerning, a lot concerning. Yeah, it's a pretty bad place to be. And, like, they have a great power play and everything, but they're, like, just clinging to a wild card spot, if I remember correctly. Exactly, yeah. Like, it's not like they are running away with the division. It's like, well, yeah, it's because their power play is clicking at some ungodly level, but, like, if they fall down to earth, they'll still have their five-on-five play, and they're probably more like the third team in the division. They have the best power play we've, like, ever seen by efficiency, and they are in a wild card right now. Yeah, and it's the flames behind them, so, like, they could lose that. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're tied with the Flames and Avalanche in, uh, for both wildcard spots <laughs> right now. And the Avalanche yeah. have three less games played. Yeah, and the Avs are making the playoffs. And then I I wouldn't want to be an eighth place team that can't play at five on five and have the Flames be the guys in ninth. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a bunch on uh, Edmonton's wish list as well. Uh, yeah, goaltending's another one. I stayed away from that just because Stuart Skinner's been uh, at least been able to take what like it would be really bad if Stuart Skinner didn't step up this year and Jack Campbell's as bad as he's been. Yeah, that would be pretty ugly. Alternative one for Edmonton. Did you see the Dave State one? I forget exactly who it was. One of the guys who's just like openly shills for the the front office. Did you see that article today that the Edmonton one should apparently be that natural stat trick and money pucks stop existing? No. <laughs> it was like it was an article trying to defend Ken Holland. And it was like, it blamed those two sites for fans having much more information now. And I was like, I feel like if you think fans having more information is a bad thing for your view of the front office, that says pro- everything you need to know. Exactly. It says office. much more about the front office than it does anything else. <laughs> yeah. It was a treat. Yeah. Oh, God. That is that is something else. Um, all right. The LA Kings. This is where I went goaltending. I... Much like with the Stanley Cup or with the first overall pick thing last year, I think goaltending was another kind of common phrase. So I've tr- I'm trying to stay away from it this year. But uh, the LA Kings are in third, despite league like, some of the worst goaltending in the league. Absolutely Herculean effort by the skaters on that team to be comfortably in a playoff spot 
despite having a below 900 save percentage for their starting goalie. Yeah, exactly. And even just at five on five, they are 27th in the league right now at 904. Um, the teams around them, San Jose, Columbus, Montreal, Chicago, Vancouver, those are all not good teams. Uh, Anaheim, Arizona are just above them. And then Calgary's right above them as well. Um, but then Ottawa, Buffalo, like it's just all non-playoff teams, basically. Yeah, and they are still in a playoff spot despite that. Yeah, which is fantastic for them. It's weird, too, that they're doing that well because, like, their power play hasn't been amazing. They're not, like, massacring teams at five on five, and they're getting terrible goaltending. I'm not actually entirely sure how they're winning so many games. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. Like, they're not on a shooting heater either. Like, they're just kind of league average and shooting 20th and shooting percentage right now. So it's not like they're just, yeah. Like that's not like they're shooting everything going in. If you told me that, you know, their um, underlying numbers were unreal and that's what's driving it. Yeah. Now granted their expected goals for numbers are pretty strong. Their expected goals for percentage is a little more mediocre, but that's because their expected goals against is pretty high as well. They're fifth so far this year in expected goals for uh, generated. Yeah, which is pretty good. But like, I don't know. They're just results don't seem to line up with how good they've been. Now they probably have an insane record in one score games and stuff, given they have a negative goal differential. Yeah, exactly. They're second in the division at 18, 12, and 5, and are minus 7 in goal differential. So, <laughs> Yeah, cracking below them are minus 10 for context. So that well, that's plus probably 10, yeah. what, or yeah, plus ten. Yeah, so that probably plays a part in it. But yeah, goaltending is where I went for the Kings. Yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, did you have anything different? Um, goaltending, I feel like is is like too obvious for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like it's again. We just got to mention there's not like a ton of flaws with the team, but also like yeah, other than goaltending, yeah. Um, okay, San Jose. An absolute, like, rebuild-changing trade for Timo Meyer. Yeah, I... That's a good one, and I'm kind of along the side of that, Of in terms of just... I had this, the ability to buy out five different players. <laughs> yeah, that would be good, too. You can also um, go with uh, Carlson's dang good. That would be another fun yep. one. Yeah, that's another good one. Or yeah, the ability to trade Carlson or something like that. Like, yeah, um, yeah. For this team, it's all about just trying to shed right now. Um, like, I, I do think they're kind of getting to the point. I mean, they need to trade Timo Meyer. They can't resign him like they did Thomas Hurdle. But I do think they're getting to the point where it's like you know, what, like we kind of say about teams. Like honestly, even like Vancouver's kind of in this spot right now where it's like they're not good enough to do anything, but they're not bad enough to tank. This team yeah. is still just kind of bad enough to tank. Yeah, they're in no rush. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's like they're kind of... A, too, underratedly it, helpful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they're kind of in the position where it's like they're a little better off than like the Canucks or like even, I don't know, Washington. I mean, Washington's not a good example because they're um, going for the goals record or whatever. But they're in a position where it's like some teams it's like well, what do you do here? Because you can't move any of these contracts. and But the, the players on the contracts are good enough that they're just keeping you out of getting a top pick. 
that's not the case here. It's like you still have your quote unquote veteran guys that you don't need to rush any rookies in when you're drafting them. But also these veteran guys are not very good and they make so much money. The depth on your team freaking stinks so that you are going to be bottom five. Yeah, it's kind of best tank case scenario. Mm -hmm. I agree. And like, I think they just need to kind of like from a long-term perspective need to just keep working their way out of at least one of these contracts if possible every summer. Like they got rid of, they got out from under the Brent Burns one last year. If they can get out from another one this year, that's probably a win, even if it's only one of them. Yeah. I'd say if they got out of one of them, that is like a, like a gigantic W like as much as you could realistically ask for. Yes. I, uh, because you're never going to get rid of all of them, right? No, and and like you don't need to either. To be completely honest, like no, if, if you're trying to be bad, having Mark Edward Vlasic play 30 minutes a night and take up seven million dollars to get you to the cap floor isn't the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Or and if you tank for a while, say four years from now, you come out of it with uh, with 32 year old Thomas Hurdle making eight million dollars. You're probably not loving that, but it's not going to cripple you either when you have guys on their ELCs coming up. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. The Seattle Kraken. What did you have for them? I have no idea if this is just like because their goaltending struggled, but I have a functioning penalty kill because their results have been horrific this year. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, again, another team where it's like they've taken a big step forward this year, and it's easy to see why, but also it's like, yeah, this team just they're okay. But yeah, they, definitely... they lack like star power to point to, but yeah, they definitely struggle. Penalty kill is a good one. I went um, a legit star on the blue line. That would be very nice. Obviously, that is easier said than done. Uh, I think they've done a really, really good job of just kind of like they've kind of realized that they weren't going to be able to find a star like that, or even get the asset. Like so, when Vegas came in, they obviously just killed a bunch of trades in that expansion draft to the point where like they were set up for four years to go and get whoever the hell they wanted. Right. I think Seattle kind of realized they couldn't do that. So instead they've gone for, well, we don't have a star. We're going to have to draft that. And they're obviously hoping like Shane Wright or Matty Beniers becomes that, you know, internally, but they've done a really good job even right now at just like saying, okay, we don't have anyone who's going to like control a first line. So let's just make three good second lines. And yeah, they're just competent everywhere. Exactly. And their defense core feels pretty similar to that. Like, it feels like they have four number four guys or three number threes on this team or whatever. But they're really lacking that number one guy that, you know, can eat 28 minutes a night if you need him to play all situations and and just be a dominant force. 100%. And like you said, on, up front, there's actually like hope for that. Whereas on defense, it's a far more unclear picture on how they end up with that guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Vancouver Canucks. I I wasn't sure what to put for this one because like I put an owner that commit wants to commit to a rebuild. Or an owner realizes fans aren't stupid. Yeah, the Canucks are a mess. It's kind of hard to narrow that down to one thing. It's basically my point was just they need to just commit to a plan. Yes. And, and that plan probably involves a step back because they keep thinking they're going to be good and then they never are. Well, and it's like 
where's your step forward coming from? I'm like this team sucks anyways. You thought you were gonna be good this year. Yeah, and they're in that limbo you talked about where like they're out of the lottery pretty well, but they're also they're not making the playoffs like that. They're seven points behind a Calgary Edmonton duo. They're not touching those two teams. Exactly. Like, yeah, they're they're not. It's one of those things where it's like, and if they do touch those two teams, it's because Thatcher Demko like dragged this team along. And that's yes, not exactly. like great long term either. Yeah. <laughs> now you're seeing what happens when you rely on the most unstable position in the sport too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know, I'm like, because even we said this year, it's like, yeah, Demko should be good. And like, you know, that'll be a good baseline or whatever. It's like, oh, Demko's not good now. You were you guys are screwed. Yeah, another absolute fuck. Yeah. So, um, okay. Last team for this division, Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I mean, things are kind of just <laughs> to, to the full Golden Knights need anything. I put bubble wrap. Don't let any of their players get injured. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, no, they are rolling on all all, all cylinders here. Uh, Jack Eichel's on the IHR right now, which is kind of what led me to uh uh, putting this down. Um, but yeah, they are showing what their team can do when fully healthy. And now it is just about keeping their team fully healthy this year. Yeah, 100%. Because like they're going to win the division. Their underlings look good. They've got good goaltending out of nowhere. Like these guys are in as good a spot as any. They're kind of in the spot where I think playoff results will like, you know, can't just be like, oh, win three playoff rounds or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, on to the Central Division, the Arizona Coyotes. What did you have for them? Stop playing so well. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's... Not that they're playing good, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, they... Um, we were talking about uh, Anaheim and how bad they are. There's a team that's worse than Anaheim right now by points this year, and that's the Chicago Blackhawks, who are in the Coyotes division. The Coyotes yeah. are seven points ahead of the Blackhawks right now. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, especially because... Like their expected goals for on evolving hockey is like six percent worse. Like I guess I shouldn't have necessarily said playing so well, but like the Coyotes are getting way better results than they have any business getting, which mm-hmm. is very bad timing for them. Yeah, um, yeah, like they are like Chicago is putting up and Anaheim are putting up what we I think all thought Arizona would be putting up this year with this roster, and that's yeah. just not happening. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I put uh, – I, I didn't really – I think they're just kind of where, you know, they're they're getting a little better results definitely than I thought they would, but uh, I think they'll come back down to earth, you know. Uh, yeah. Carl Veg Melka has a 9-10 save percentage. I would be – you know, I wouldn't be shocked if that came down a little bit yet this year too. Um, so I put uh, some security so there's no more brawls in their stadium. Uh, <laughs> we didn't actually talk about this on the podcast, but some dude had his finger bitten off in the Arizona game. Against Boston, yeah, that's insane, absolutely crazy. Uh, I like. There's not much to say about it, but it's. I think one of the better jokes I did hear is like, imagine hearing that there was a fight at a Bruins game and it wasn't in Boston. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's at the college hockey stadium. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I I think Arizona's a team where it's like they are. Yeah, like they're playing. They're they have more points than I would have expected them to, but. That being said, like they're still fourth last in the league right now. Yeah. And they if are you bad. told me, yeah, if you told me Columbus passes them by the end of the year, I'd be like, yeah, I, I can see that. 
I would I would think so. Even though Columbus, everyone's hurt anyways, but yeah, the Columbus Coyotes is... just have no talent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the team I just mentioned, they're on an L7 right now, 1-9-0 in their last 10. Truly impressive. Uh, I just, I said, I wasn't sure if I should say a Patrick Kane, actually, I'm going to change my yeah. So I originally had a, a winning a Kane trade, but I'm going to change it to just Patrick Kane playing more like Patrick, Patrick Kane of the past because he has not been very good this year, even for like his own standards of no defense and all that stuff. Yeah, he's been getting filled in and he's only scoring at like a 60-point pace. I That's a tough look. I know the team sucks, but I feel like you're not getting the hole they were going to get for him at this right. Yeah, exactly. And like... I'm sure they're going to try and sell got teams on like, hey, look at the past, you know, five years, he's still been point per game, despite being on the bad team that we have or whatever, which is fair enough. And like, I'm sure some team will talk themselves into acquiring him or whatever. But yeah, like if they would have flipped him at last year's deadline when he was on pace for, you know, he has 92 points in 78 games last year. I bet you they would have got like a first, uh, like a top prospect, a couple more picks, like just a whole haul of a lot. And you know, the way things are going this year, I could see some team just giving up a first for him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's quite the fall from grace. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I said in the new year, Kane rebound. Uh, I'm going to say Kane rebounds into the new year, and that helps them out because everything else with their tank is going quite to plan. Going perfectly from there. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything different for them? I had a nice and niche one for them. <laughs> I saw a projection of Team Canada's left-handed defensemen, and they were all Chicago Blackhawks prospects. Korchinski was one. I don't know who the other two were, but I'm going to say Canada's left defense at the World Juniors going ham. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Uh, I didn't even think about that, so I see it. But yeah, um, they're, uh, I feel like I know nothing about Chicago's prospect line. So if they do actually have some guys that are like, ready to play that or like not even ready to play, but like show that they have potential and can play. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I would think Korchinski will be one of Canada's top defensemen in the tournament. I did my prospect comparable stuff in the summer and he, he only had three comparables, which were Morgan Riley, OEL and Calvin DeHaan. So like Mm. pretty good company, highly drafted. He's scoring a ton of points. I feel like him specifically doing well in the world juniors would be nice for Blackhawks fans. I'm assuming Ethan Del Mastro and Alan Nolan were the other two, just looking at their team quick. Yeah, it must have been. I Nolan was their first overall pick from this past or from 2021. Um, I'm not gonna bring up Team Ham, but yeah, that's that's a really good one where it's like just get some prospect um um experience and also some hype going beyond there because that's also a good way to you know just kind of build, even you know, this is a miserable year for the fan base, but like if they get to watch three of their prospects absolutely tear a tournament up. That's at least give some hope for the future, you know? Yeah, exactly. Build all sorts of hope. What's more fun with a tanking team than watching, say, Korshinsky go like point and a half per game and win a gold medal or something? Yeah, exactly. Um, Colorado Avalanche. This seems like a pretty straightforward one. Health. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. The, everyone has been injured for this team to the point where they are currently fourth in their own division. Um that probably won't last, but because they don't literally don't have anyone playing, it's kind of hard to make any round on your own division. Yeah, they're they're a bad team at the moment, but it's not their fault. No, um, well, actually, 
They've had a bunch of guys come back recently, but like they've been a bad team for a while this year, roster wise. Yeah, and like they just started getting guys back like this week. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah like things are finally looking up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like just if they can get the clean bill health going into 2023, that'll be huge for them. Um, you know, Landis Cogs missed the entire year so far. I think Natushkin just got back, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I want to say Rodriguez just got back maybe as well. Um, and then maybe on the blue line as well. And then I know, uh, what's his name? Paul Byron's still week to week on the blue line, unfortunately, too. But yeah, and he's yeah. been like almost back and then not back. It's been a weird, weird season for him. Yeah, it's weird career, too. Like, it feels like he cannot stay healthy to, you know, save his life, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it sucks for someone that young. Yeah. Um, okay, Dallas, uh, the Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, they're another team that are like just kind of rolling. I mean, mm-hmm. they're winning a division that we thought they had no chance in. I'm just gonna say, like, the Nick or not Nick, um, you tell Molise fan, I assume, from that. Uh, Jason Robertson hype train keeps throughout going because that's been cool to see. They've been a relatively irrelevant team for a while, but if they have like a top five player in the league, suddenly that's a lot more hype. Yep, that's a really good one. I didn't know what to put for Dallas, so I actually put that Colorado stays injured. Um, <laughs> I did the exact like opposite. Uh, my thinking on that was basically just, yeah, they're leading the division, and if Colorado's hurt, this division is wide, wide open. And yes. they look like, I think they become easy favorites to win the division uh, and, and like, come out of the division if Colorado couldn't get healthy this year for whatever reason. But, yeah, Jason Robertson staying elite would be a great story and then the other one i was thinking along the same lines of too is like a time machine to keep joe pavelski like this for but 10 years younger or whatever um yeah that would be pretty sweet yeah that's the other thing i think um it's uh, important do you know what cfms are Mm, not off the top of my head to be honest so they're like madden leagues like gm connected like competitive ones online and because there's not enough good QBs in the league, it would be like super OP for like the four guys who get a good QB, right? In a way, they balance them is you're allowed to make knock 10 years off one player on each side of the ball's age. And uh, if the Dallas Stars could knock 10 years off Joe Pavelski's age, I feel like that would be one of the better ones in the entire league you could use. Yeah, that would be awesome. Seems like a top five player at times, even when he was like 34 and like he's still elite. So that would be freaking fantastic. Yeah, exactly. He's gotten like better over the past five years, which is crazy to say, because he was a good player in his prime, too. Yeah, it was fantastic. He had top 10 seasons and then he kind of drifted into like normal aging curve and now he's back up for some reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild, I have uh, Matt Boldy back. Yeah, I kind of went the same way of, like, depth scoring improving. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those two things are pretty correlated. Yeah, exactly. The Kaprasov zuccarello line has been absolutely unreal. Uh, and then after that, they really struggled this year. And, yeah, Boldy has not looked like he did last year. Uh, I think losing Kevin Fiala has hurt a lot more than even, like, anyone really thought it would. Yeah, even though it was pretty obvious it was going to suck. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like you took like an 80 or 70 point player off your second line. Of course, yep. you're going to, of course, that's going to hurt. 
Yeah, and Fiala's just kind of kept doing his thing in L.A. too. He's been very good. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, like they – and again, part of the depth, you know, being pinched is that they're paying – what is it? I think $18 million this year already for two guys not to play for them. Like this is something we could see coming, but like, I don't know. It just – Yeah. You could also go Rossi related on that mark too. Like Rossi's mm-hmm. torched the AHL, but he made the team out of camp. It just looked bad. Yeah, exactly. And he's back in the AHL now. And I think he was still doing pretty solid in the AHL too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Point per game. I don't know. But, I haven't like watched the games, but <laughs> point per game at 19 or whatever is pretty rare or 21, yeah. but still. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's uh, mine for Minnesota. Just, yeah, they. They look like a good team, but they kind of, they really need some more depth to put them back to like a great and even like very good team, you know? Yeah, they need like a full line to appear out of thin air, basically. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, uh, Nashville, I said a committed plan, one way or the other. Yeah, that's a good one because like I don't have any thoughts on Nashville. If that makes sense, like they're just kind of there. Without looking it up, do you know the record this year? I do not. Are they like 10th in the West? Uh, yeah, that seems right about right. Take a get. They they played 30 games. What do you think their record is? 30 games. I'm going to go with 13 wins and then some weird distribution of losses and OT losses. 13, 13, and 4. Damn, that was a pretty good guess. <laughs> that is a very good guess. And that is exactly what I was... I would guess they would be just 500, not true 500. Obviously, they've won less games or they've won less games than they've lost, but also they've gotten some loser points here. And that puts them in sixth in their own division, five points ahead of the Coyotes, but also six points behind the Avalanche for a playoff spot. They're just, they are the definition of what we just called Vancouver. Yeah. Like this Except is another older. team. Yeah, exactly. And this is another team where it's like this is or, and when we we're talking about San Jose, um, this is the team I probably actually should have referenced, where it's like their star players are good enough to keep them out from being an absolutely horrible team. But yep. they're also oh, like the absolutely. peak of this team is what we saw last year, where they're eighth in the West and get absolutely shit kicked by the Colorado Avalanche in round one. One hundred percent. At which point you're the Vancouver Canucks, but instead of uh, Elias Pettersson from that draft, you have Tolpanen, who has yeah, gone. Exactly. Which apparently you see, they thought that they could sneak him through waivers, and no one would claim them. Really? And that's why they did. That's what that's what a rumor going. Around. I mean, like only one team put a claim for him. I was just gonna say it. They got close, given how good the Kraken are, and they claimed them. Now, who yeah. knows if more good teams would have put in a claim? But they people said. It was reported no one else put in a claim. Wow. Yeah. So maybe they were pretty close to right then, I guess. Also, do you see like people are like shocked Taylor Janot didn't repeat what he did last year? Or Tanner Janot, sorry? saw that tweet. I was like, it's a guy who out of nowhere shot 25% and did nothing else well. Of course, he's not still playing good. Yeah, like this is a guy who is a rookie at 24 years old. Uh, was undrafted, came in, he played 15 games in 2020-2021 at seven points, and then in 15 games, which is good enough, but, and then, yeah, in his quote-unquote rookie season, shot like 29%, scored 24 goals, had 41 points in 81 games, and like, 
the one tweet was really bad of like, oh, we need to figure out what happened to him. But I've seen multiple people be like, oh, yeah, they expected a step forward from Tanner Janot this year. It's like, what the hell were you looking at that you expected a step forward from that? Yeah, that's absurd. The worst is like, it's not like he was a good offense generator. So like if the shooting percentage dried up, he had nothing to fall back on. And I don't know why you would expect an undrafted free agent who comes into the league at 24 to sustain a shooting bender. Yeah, exactly. Like at least when when a guy like uh, Zegras, he's on like an on-ice shooting percentage heater. And like it was going to regress and he was going to disappoint this year probably. I at least get why you could talk yourself into that being real, given like the um, insane amount of talent he's flashed at multiple different levels. What the fuck did you convince yourself Tanner Janelle was going to do that? Yeah, literally. It's like, what, where where was this coming from that you were like, oh yeah, no, he's definitely just actually like the best shooter we've ever seen. Yeah, this is actually Steven Stamkos after the Captain America super serum machine. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, yeah, it's like, what are we doing here? It, it literally felt like People were put back five. It felt like a discussion we had about guys six, seven years ago. Yeah. Where like people just like so. didn't understand even what PDO was or anything like that. Just this guy went off. He must be good. Yeah. All right. St. Louis Blues. Blues are another team that I uh I know very little about. I know they're just kind of like vaguely hanging out in the playoff picture. So I will say brushing the O'Reilly and Tarasenko trades that are look pretty inevitable at this point. Yeah, I think if that's the way you want to go, that's very fair. I said um, go back to actually just bending shooting percentage and hope that you figured it out. Um, that would be good. Yeah, I, there was a lot of people trying to take victory laps. And even like smart, like Dimitri Filipovich was all in. I'm like, no, this team has actually figured out shooting percentage. It's like, how many times have we had to go through this to know that is not a thing? Well, what infuriates me about when people, because like Dimitri's a smart guy and he pointed out clever things that the Blues do because the Blues were legitimately doing some things right. But I think what gets lost in like shooting percentages when people are like, oh, they're getting lucky. It's like you can do something smart to have that shooting percentage be high. But, like, part of why things regress and, like, we view it as luck statistically is if you give 31 NHL teams an offseason to study you, like, you're not that much smarter than they are year over year. So it's not – it's even if you figured something out clever, it will still almost guaranteed regress because the rest of the league is filled with smart human beings who are trying to beat you all day every day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like – yeah, like I'm sure it wasn't just purely the Blues getting lucky. They're like, and like he pointed out things of like, oh yeah, here's what they were doing to try and like increase their shooting percentage or getting better looks than other teams might have had, and that's totally cool. But yeah, again, it's like that's not something that teams for two years are just going to be like, oh man, we got scored on a bunch of times last year. Let's just let it happen again this year. Yeah, like you, if the either if the two options are you solved hockey in a way that literally no one else in history ever has, or you probably are going to regress very heavily. I don't know how you could ever talk yourself into that first answer. Yeah. It's crazy. But yet we see teams do it time and time again. Well, constantly and smart Uh, people, otherwise really smart people still make the mistake constantly. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, All right. Last team of the West, the Winnipeg Jets. 
what did you have for them? Um, don't touch or do anything. Yeah, I had um kind of similar thing of like hope jo- this Josh Morrissey stuff is legit, even if you know the points obviously aren't speaking of like high shooting percentage and stuff like that. Yeah, but just hope that he is like back to a guy where even if he's like a low one, you can play like that. Yeah, and this is two years in a row of good play driving numbers for him. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And like this year, obviously, like if you look at RAPM, the biggest blue is in just goals for per sixty. Which again, that's not going to stay like that. But like his expected goals numbers are good, and even both his defense, like Corsi against per sixty, expected against goals against per sixty, are just like right around average or whatever, like just even kind of, you know, like which is very okay. Like that, that's fine. You're good with that if you're creating offense. So yeah, I, I kind of said hope Josh Morrissey, you know, is like this. Um, I think you can apply that to a number of guys who have seemed to improve now that. Uh, Shocker, Paul Maurice isn't there. Almost like there might be a correlation here. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like things have just worked. Whatever it is they're doing this year has worked. Even like Mark Shifley, like he hasn't produced offensively as well as maybe past years in terms of underlying numbers, but his defensive results are now not three standard deviations below, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah, it turns out uh, not having some of the worst defensive results in the league from the players who play the most time on ice on your team can make a very large difference. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. This feels like a team where, like, I don't, even if they finish second or third, they could win this division. I just, I wouldn't have that much confidence in them. I mean, Connor, other than, like, obviously Connor Hellebuck can steal a series, but, like, if they finish second and Dallas or if they finish third and Dallas finish second, or if they finish second, Dallas finish third and Colorado wins the division, they're not favored in that series. Are they? No, not even close. I don't think they're like probably like 50, 50 against Minnesota. They seem like the kind of team where if they make the playoffs, even with home ice, you spend the whole time saying you don't believe in them. And then adding caveats. If Hellebuck goes ham, just constantly to that sentence. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I I don't have much more to say on Winnipeg. They just feel like a team that's like, yeah, they'll probably make playoffs, but like if they do more than win a single round, that'd be pretty shocking. Yeah, and like they're third in shooting percentage at evens or whatever, which probably explains a decent chunk of what we're seeing. Yeah, exactly. Do you know that the best way to make money while sports gambling is having money in multiple different accounts spread across uh, – different sports books. An easy way to help you with this is our partners at Betstamp. Uh, Betstamp lets you easily line shop from book to book. Uh, What you do is you sign up, you enter your account into Betstamp, and they will take a look at any bet you want to take. They compare it compared to all books available in your area. Uh, So if you want to go and bet on one of the football games on Christmas Day, you can quickly open the Betstamp app and take a look and see if there is anything you want to place a bet on. Uh, this is really helpful because the lines can spread from sportsbook to sportsbook quite aggressively, and this helps you get the best for your money. Uh, there's also a verified bet tracking stamp that allows you to keep track of how many bets you've won and lost with your return on interest, as well as a commission-free marketplace where users uh, selling their sports pick will post them for free. You can use that information to help make informed decisions on your bets. Um, if this is something you're interested in, check out the Bet Stamp app and use referral code MNMHockey 
Again, that is MNM Hockey as a referral code on the BetStamp app. And thank you to BetStamp for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, on to the East quickly. Um, you know, that wasn't too bad. 40 minutes for the West. Uh, let's try and speed it up a little bit here. Carolina Hurricanes, what did you have for them? Um, they're another team where just kind of chugging along. Things are going relatively well for them. They're even leading the division again. But I have, uh, what's his name, Kochtakov. Mm-hmm. Uh stays real yep that's a that's a really good one i think that's um um probably the easiest one for them in terms of yeah you know because even like frederick anderson solid goalie not like he's had much playoff success you know yeah exactly that's been so pretty pretty sore spot yeah if you can uh pick up a guy in like Koch, Kochkev that uh yeah is solid and can lead you and be your starter for you know dirt cheap you know we we just mentioned how they extend them last there we were talking last week how they extend them as well like that would be that would be massive yeah that's clutch especially for a team that's pretty much capped out now yeah, they very quietly have spent more money than you know it seems like hey eh? yeah because in my head they're still just you know plugging along with the with the low salary cap or whatever but yeah that's not who they are anymore they are very much a uh, a cap team. Yep. Um, the other one I think I would go maybe for them is the power play catching up to um, what they're uh, what it feels like they should be at. Um, goals equals X goals on the power play. Yes. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Like they, you know, their underlying numbers haven't been bad on been good actually on the power play. They're fourth in Corsi four generated on the power play this year. Um, they are. I want to say up, up there in expected goals as well. Evolving hockey has not five, yeah. I think. They're eighth by natural stat Sixth. trick. Yeah. Yeah. They've created um, 26.66 expected goals on the power play and have scored 19. So, yeah, getting some regression there as well would be really nice and would go a long way. They are, their power play percentage is ranked like 26th in the league. In league-wide goals are above XG this year, so that's probably even worse than it sounds. Yeah, so. Um, all right, uh, Columbus. I had This is one where first team, I feel like it, but this is the team that needs it the most. First overall pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, Goudreau's been better again. Like, he's up over. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah, so you can't even bring that up by, like, first overall pick. Yeah, uh, this team has been absolutely atrocious other than Goudreau. And uh, Boone Jenner has been good as well. But um, Dom released his player cards again last week, and they have like the market value versus actual or whatever. Yeah. And every single player but Boone Jenner and Johnny Goudreau were negative. The only other two were um, uh, the rookies. Yeah, the rookies. ELC. And even one of them wasn't, uh, was still negative. <laughs> like, it's how bad the team's been. Erica Branson has brought negative surplus value of $8 million, negative $8 million uh, so far this year. That's kind of impressive, given yep, he doesn't he, make $8 million. He makes four uh, and is worth minus four. So there's your negative eight. Yeah, he's been, that's been special. Yes. Seeing that um, contract. And that is exactly how everyone thought it would go. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think for Columbus, this is a team that, like, you know, obviously we could say any any team that's tanking right now needs wants the first overall pick could need the first overall pick. Columbus just to have another star there as well would be so helpful. Yeah, and I think, like, getting something in this specific draft is more important for them than most because they kind of started the clock already in a way mm-hmm. that, like, 
if the Blackhawks are like, oh, we have to push back when we plan on being good one more year, I don't think that actually means anything in the long run. Whereas no, exactly. Jackets do. You might be screwed. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you have a clicking talk, uh, a ticking clock on <laughs> um, how much longer Johnny Goudreau can be like point per game all star, probably. Yes. So, yeah, that's uh, absolutely. I, I agree there. Did you have anything different for them? No, I like that one for them. Uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, New Jersey's another, like, things have just been absolutely fantastic for them, although they've fallen off a little bit uh, recently, but I'll just say status quo for them. Status quo is the exact definition or the exact word I wrote down for them. Um, they're on an L6 right now, very quietly. Um, but I think, yeah, status quo in turn, I think there's a couple status quo in terms of just the whole roster just being. You know, obviously we knew they weren't 15 wins in a row good or whatever. They're also probably not six losses in a row good. Just being a solid team in the Metro is good. Um, status quo for Vedic Vanacek. If he can just keep posting a 9-12, I think that is very helpful. Yeah, 100%. Um, he doesn't, they're first in XG. They don't need Herculean effort in that. Exactly. And then the other thing I thought I thought of, instead of just status quo, having the will to actually go all in here this year. Yep. That'd be sick. I think they yeah. should. I, I absolutely think they should too. I mean, how many teams have we seen that have, you know, we feel like they're been they're gonna be the next juggernaut or whatever? Like Nashville Winnipeg is a great example to me of like Nashville went to the finals that one year, and then Winnipeg Nashville had that awesome second round series, and everyone's like, This is gonna be the Western Conference final matchup for the next like six years, and both of them have just fallen off the map since. Yeah, they both went brutal ever since. Wow, so it's not like, brutal, but yeah, but it's just like don't take this for granted. Like, go get some depth. Like, some not some depth. Like, go make a splash on the forward market or whatever. Whether that's Bo Horvat or Patrick Kane or whatever, go get a big fish free agent for some depth scoring who you can plug in your second, and third lines. Exactly. Take your shot because, like, you literally may never get this again. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I have for them. The New York Islanders. This is this is an interesting team. I don't really. Like, I, I don't really know what to say. What, what did you have for the Islanders? For the Islanders, I also said, like, a clear direction. Because, like, yeah. they're I mediocre, think... old, and expensive. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Because, yeah, like, that's my thing about this team. It's like, like, you want to say, like, tank, but it's like, they've made it so clear they're not going to tank. And also, like, just, like, what do you do with this roster? Yeah, because, like, you can be good, old, and expensive. But like oh. mediocre, old, and expensive—pretty bad place to be. And like with the clear direction thing, and this is a talking point that like I don't—it probably won't come up for enough. But like Elias Sorokin's already twenty-seven. Yep. This you, isn't you a twenty-two-year-old. Exactly. Like, this is not a twenty-two-year-old like next up and coming goalie. Well, and he's twenty-seven, and he's on four million dollar contract for two years, and you're capped out. Either one of two things are going to happen. He's going to suck and you're screwed anyways, or he's going to be really good and get really expensive, and then you have to shed from your already weak roster. Yeah, like, it's it's just, it won't happen. But, like, this, again, this feels like a team that should be, you know, like, trade Sorokin, get an absolute haul for him, whether that's this year or at the deadline, or next in the offseason. Yeah. 
See if you can trade Josh Bailey. See if you can trade Bovillier. Like, just you got to start. Just, I you need to just rebuild. Go ham on the trade. Yeah, right? yeah. Like because yeah, this is another. This is Nashville East right now. Yes, that is a good comparable for them. And it's just like, you know, like I, I feel like they're going to be clinging on those back to back conference finals too. Yes, it's like this isn't them. even those teams anymore. Like everyone's aged since that happened. And they probably weren't that real to begin with. No, exactly. Like, yeah, like it, it's it's hard to, you know, say, oh, a team that went back to back conference finals isn't real, but it's like, well, like they barely snuck in the playoffs both years. Yeah, they were like 18th in the regular season over those two years, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I, I think this is a team that could definitely use a rebuild, but a clear plan is uh, uh, definitely a, a fair way to put it. Yes. What do you have for the Rangers? The Rangers are another weird team where, like, the results are fine, but I feel like they expected better. They definitely I, expected better. Yeah, and, like... Unrealistically, though. Very unrealistically. I'll go with, like, a step from one of the young guys, I guess. Yeah, I think I, asking one of Laugh or Kako to be, or, yeah, those two to be good is would be clutch. Yeah, and, like, Kako's been, Kako's been all right, but it would be nice to see him be more than just all right. One of them blossoming into even just a legit first liner would go a long way for the depth of this team. Yes, like if Capo Caco could be as good as the third best season of Andre Palat, which is really sad thing to ask for <laughs> for a second overall pick, but it's what I'm going to ask for. Like that would be huge for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think the other one I would say is Shesterkin bouncing back closer to what he was last, or like not, hmm, how should I phrase this? Shesterkin climbing back up in like the top five for most goalie metrics. He's been good this year, has not been the issue at all. You know, he's 11th in goal saved of of expected. Uh, He's got like a 919 save percentage, been very good. Um, But also he's like, as as I mentioned, he's 11th in goal saved of expected. He's right around like Vasilevsky. Uh, which is good, right ahead of both Toronto goaltenders. Um, but if he can get back up into that Sorokin, Hellebuck, Hart's up in the top three, uh, Ottinger's top five, like if he can get Saros's eighth right now, if he can get up to there, I think that that would be um, huge again for this team. Yeah, that would be absolutely clutch. And they need him to get. They need him yeah. to be better than they have any business asking him to be. Yeah, and it is starting to turn around. Like they're 7-2-1 in the last 10 They're much you know like they they went from like oh man is this team gonna make playoffs to like oh no this team is now comfortably in a wild card spot yeah so they are three points above they're in the first wild card spot right now three points above the islanders and capitals who are tied for the second at 38 points yeah so they're they're pretty comfortable there yeah they should make it um the philadelphia flyers uh rasmus ristolainen scores one point (laughs) <laughs> did you see that no i didn't actually 25 games in he's got zero points jesus and hmm, i wonder if he's a good defensive player oh yeah you would think oh. so given his contract and point totals 
Yeah, um, but you no, must that, be. Uh, that doesn't uh, check out, does it? <laughs> no, no, that's no, not. He's still bad. Uh, he's actually been oh, like just average defensively this year. But uh, well, uh, hey, that's yeah, better that, than usual for him. Exactly, that's a funny one. Uh, I'll go with just Carter Hart is legit. I guess uh, it feels like yeah, a bit of a cop out as well. But like he's been really good this year. It hasn't mattered for the rebuild or for their tank, um, which is good as well. But like if Carter Hart is. The Carter Hart we were expecting two years ago, that would be huge for this team, even just rebuilding going forward. Yeah, if Hart keeps a 9-12 even on this on this train wreck of a team, I think you're pretty excited about him going forward. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sid's MVP season continues. I don't know yeah. if he's a legit MVP, but he's way closer than any 35-year-old has any business being. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. I was going to say in a similar vein that uh, Malkin's point-per-game season just, like, basically their big guys just continue to not age is what yep. they need um, if they want to keep competing here. I think you can also argue that they're, you know, just the, their depth continues to produce is a good one. Um, I'm This is a team, again, I almost don't look at the regular season for them. Yeah, pretty much doesn't matter. They're going to make the playoffs at the Penguins. It's just uh, how do they look in the play or yeah, how do they look in the playoffs? Exactly. So I, I think another wish list thing for them would probably be cap space because they don't have room to really add anyone at this deadline, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they are who they are. Yeah, cap they have, says they have five mil in deadline space. Th- that's true, yeah. It, they, it looks like they might accrue some stuff. So maybe they will be able to make a move come the deadline. But also, like, Jeff Petrie's on LTIR right now, so I don't know if that affects anything. Probably. That's probably how they're accruing space, but I don't know. I don't know for sure, to be honest. Yeah. Also, Chris Letang's back. He missed like six games after a stroke. That's insane. That is nuts. Yeah, Letang's health is another good one. Yeah, and exactly. Like, yeah, that's just on a personal level, too, not even on the... Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, fuck hockey. Like, Letang not dying. That's two yeah. strokes by age 35. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't have much more to say on that. All right, uh, the Washington Capitals. The Capitals, I guess Ovi gets good enough that he can realistically break the goal record in two years. Ovi scores 50 is what I had this year. Yeah, so those those two things basically mean the same thing. Yep, um, just, yeah, just the, their whole goal this, you know, for the next three years is help him break the goal record as soon as possible. Yeah, because they're probably not making the playoff. Ah. They might, they might like but like it. it just this team's not winning a cup, and that's okay. They've already won them. They've been good for thirteen years. Yep. Yeah. Like they won their cup. They looks like Obi's going to retire there, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was yeah, thinking so. about this the other day too. Is like you know how like we and like rightfully so, but like we complain that there's no player movement in the NHL, and then everyone loves when it's like, oh, Vetchkin's gonna stay with his team the whole career. That's that's amazing. Like that's really cool. It's like those things kind of contradict each other, but also it's like the people don't like what happened, like Brodeur, where he went and played with St. Louis for a year, or like Alfredson played with the Red Wings for a singular year at the end of his career. That's where the player movement sucks. Yeah, and I think part of it's like. The Caps were good the whole time Ovi was. Like, the mm-hmm. player movement that's ideal is, like, Carlson leaving the Senators who need to hit the reset button kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's like people moving in their prime where they're actually going to help the new team they go to. Yeah. Yeah, like, Not- Goudreau leaving for the sake of leaving was really interesting, but, like, 
Calgary would still be exciting with Goudreau and Tuchuk instead, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, on to the Atlantic Division, and we're about an hour in here, so we're on pace for about an hour 20, which isn't too bad. Uh, the Boston Bruins. I, I hate this team. Yeah, I was just saying, I think it's pretty easy to say status quo for the entire team as a whole. Yeah, it's, uh, Patrice Bergeron doesn't age. Um, it's like, I don't know. This team's ridiculous. Yeah, they are a team that they have 170K in projected deadline cap space. Um, yeah, I mean, like, this is a team, their wish list is, quite frankly, copper bust this year, I think. Yeah, I mean, because their old guys are gone, but like, they're the Stanley Cup favorites right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you can ask for anything else. I think if you're looking at specific things, you could maybe go like, this Lindholm season's legit. Um, yeah, I did, old, uh, did some Mark chemistry season. stuff in the summer and it loved the Lindholm uh, McAvoy chemistry. So I feel I feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and like Lindholm was really good without McAvoy. He was good without McAvoy too. Which is, yeah. that's, that's super encouraging, right? Like, Yeah, if Lindholm's real, that changes a lot of the math for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Just in general, like their depth has been producing again this year now. Um, all marks look good. I think that's another one you could uh, hope that, you know, that that needs to continue for them to be um, a legit, I'm not a legit cup threat, but like really put them over the edge as a cup threat. If he is obviously not 937, but if he's a 920 goaltender or whatever, that'd be clutch. Yeah, exactly. Small ish sample, one blemish is that McAvoy hasn't looked amazing, but coming back from injury and stuff, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, that kind of feels like one of the things where it's like, like if that's your biggest concern, it's like I, at 25 years old, I feel very okay betting on him to rebound. Yeah, your 25 year old defenseman who's supposed to miss like six months comes back in three <laughs> and is only above league average by a little bit. If that's your biggest concern, I think you're okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, Buffalo Sabres. I uh, went that Owen Power keeps developing this year. Okay, I went Tage is real. So yeah, Tage is a good one. Idea. I kind of wanted to just get away. I feel like I've done a, bu- a bunch of like blank is real. So I was like, yeah, I'll try and mix it up. Owen Power's been like quietly really good this year. Yeah, and like nothing flashy, but his nope. underlying numbers are all just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, most people don't have him in like top three of the Calder voting because he does, he just hasn't put up points. But like, no, he's been like really, really good at five on five, which is super encouraging. Unless I'm missing someone and assuming we're not voting for Logan Thompson because he's a 25 year old goalie, which to be fair, he can still win in. Owen Power's been the best rookie in the league by a mile, correct? Um, off the top of my head, I would have to. Assume so. Depends how you feel about Manny Beniers, I guess. Yeah, and but. like Beniers has been mostly shooting percentage based, where it's like, yeah, yeah. From an underlying really. standpoint, I, I think that's a very fair statement to make. Yeah, most sustainably good, we can say. For yeah, power. I'd throw Jake Sanderson's hat in that ring as well as a sense fan personally. Yep. He's been kind of quiet because the team's been. Mm-hmm. but like his results are way better than they have any business being on that blue line especially with travis hamannick as his permanent partner he's like positive in literally all rapm metrics and it's like well that is i'm not gonna lie that's pretty impressive and he like looks good too like i, I him and power feel very similar to me yes 
Yeah, um, I could see that. And I'll throw in with power there, Deline too. Deline's been awesome this year, which yeah, is like absolutely lights out. That would be huge for the Buffalo Sabers if that's legit. If they have two number one defensemen instead of zero, like they had last year for the past three years, basically probably longer than that. God, yeah, it's probably like who's the last true number one they've had? Like Christian Ehrhoff back when twenty fourteen or whatever. Yeah, like that sounds right. Which is yeah. yeah, just brutal. Yeah, that's bad. Um, all right, Detroit. What did you have? Um, Detroit's another kind of tough one because, like, I don't know, they're vaguely close to the playoffs, but like they're probably missing. Um, we'll go with like, right. Marco Casper like kills the world juniors or something. I don't even know if he's playing because he's from I forget where he's from, but I don't know. Is he from Austria? He is. Um yeah, I think they're in the tournament this year. Okay, we'll go with Marco Casper shows out because like that was that pick was a little suspect, it looked like. But uh, if he's if he pops, things look a lot different for them because they need help up front, clearly. Yeah, Austria is in the World Juniors this year. So if he is from okay. Austria, it is. Yeah, I was going to say, like, something along the lines of, like, their young guys actually start producing at the NHL level. And, like, more decider's been unreal. But, like, even Raymond hasn't been... Great. Yeah, he's been fine. Overwhelming. But, like... I, I would just like to see, even if they keep taking a, a step back in the standings, I'd rather see the growth come from their young guys, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. That would be nice for them because there's not... Like, I mean, Larkin's been really good, but which is obviously better than nothing, and he's 26, but I don't know. You're probably not being like, oh, yeah, well, cup-bound because Dylan Larkin's the 20th best center in the league. Well, it's the thing. It's like, and they do still have a very good prospect pool. You know, Simon Evans, Edvinson. Um, yeah. He's another guy who probably be at the World Juniors this year, I would assume. So, you know, maybe that's another guy. It'd be good to see him show out. Um, I would think he'll be one of the best players in the entire tournament. Yeah, Marco Casper, as you mentioned already. Like, they do have some good pieces still in their minor system. But, yeah, it's just like, like, they were, Sider's been great. Um, you know, there's, there's not much concern there. But, like, Lucas Raymond, Joseph Valeno, um, you know, like just the the couple, and obviously, what's his name? Zadina just hasn't figured it out. Like a, a lot of the young guys they brought up just have not been very good. And it's like, or not as good as you would hope that they would be, you know? Yeah, they've been really underwhelming. And you would, the whole point of, I would think, bringing in guys like Cop and Pius Suter and whatnot is like, to insulate them, and that seems to have failed. Yeah, or yeah, or it's definitely not worked as well as you would have hoped. Yeah. So, um, okay, the Florida Panthers. There's a long list of wish lists for that, these guys, I would assume. There is a very... The Panthers are a team, the most deserving, maybe, team of goals equals X goals. Yes, I was just about to say that. At basically every strength as well. Like, just... Shooting percentage regression is one I was going to put as well. Yeah, yeah, those two things pretty, uh, pretty similar there because it's been tough for Florida. 
their underlying results are good too. And oh yeah, yeah, like they haven't been that bad. And like Kachuk's been awesome as well, and just hasn't mattered. All strengths, they are currently sitting twenty sixth in shooting percentage. Uh, the teams below them: Anaheim, Nashville, Philly. So three bad teams. Carolina actually, uh, Chicago, Colorado, mm-hmm. and then them. So. Four teams that aren't very good. Carolina, who is very good, and it kind of makes it more amazing that's happened. The most injured team in the league, where it's like, probably shouldn't surprise you that they're having to play a full line of AHL forwards that they don't have a great shooting percentage. And then it's yeah. like Calgary, Ottawa, Columbus, Montreal. Like, it's just like a bunch of non-playoff teams in Calgary. Yeah, it's weird, too, that, like, Calgary's been that mediocre. Because if you told me Matthew Tuchuk's playing at an MVP level and the Panthers are still out of the playoffs, you'd be like, oh, well, they just miss everyone who went to Calgary so badly. But that really hasn't been the case either. Yeah, or you would be like, oh, like their um, their goaltending must absolutely be sinking them. It's like, well, it hasn't been good, but it hasn't been like, like they're 22nd 5-on-5 save percentage. It's yeah. not like it's been an absolute issue. Yeah, when you're as good at driving play as they are, that's you can outrun that. Yeah, but like they are like they're dangerously close to getting the point where it's like, you know, they're just not making playoffs this year, by the way. Yeah, they very much could miss the playoffs. Yeah. Now like they're it is good that the wildcard, but like they're not making top three in this division. They're six points or seven points back of the lightning already. Yeah, and you're not catching seven points on the lightning. No, and you're definitely not catching twelve points on the Leafs or 18 on the Bruins. <laughs> no, you're screwed there. Like you're you're gonna have to beat out a metro team. Which they're four points back, and not like that'll be impossible, but it'll be kind of a pain. Yeah, that second wild card spot's wide open. Like the, yeah. I don't really trust the Islanders or Capitals to do anything special, so that's good news for them at least. Yeah, agreed. But um, okay, what team is next? I don't even have it on my sheet here. Oh, the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal Canadiens. It's gotta be like Suzuki and stays hot, right? Yeah, I was going to say just almost status quo for this team. Like, yeah. I think they're maybe, you know, they're punching a little bit above their weight, and I think they'd probably like to maybe drop down a little bit. But I think that's going to naturally just happen. If they get, like, the fifth overall pick with this core, I like, I don't think they're super disappointed. Yeah, they're in pretty good shape. You could maybe say, like, a Slavkowski, some cool highlights or something, because there really hasn't been a ton to... Uh... No, but I don't think he was expecting... He's just more like the quieter kind of guy you know like i don't think there was not really a world where people were expecting him to come in and just be like doing like between the legs moves or anything like that right oh yeah that would have been insane but just see him like do a cool like shake a guy off and then snipe one or something like a vintage power forward or if he's not gonna do that just like keep improving on his results because they've been very mediocre so far which like he's an 18 year old in the nhl it's not super concerning but yeah it's just like, yeah, I'd just like to see him grow a little bit more too, you know? Yeah, it'd, be, it'd just be cool to see like some clips on Twitter where Habs fan can be like, that's my first overall pick. Because as much as he's been fine, there's been nothing has been like, yeah, I'm hyped about this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think another one could be too that um, St. Louis has Cole Caulfield shooting percentage being, or like shooting talent being legit. Yes, that is a very good one. Um, because you know that's huge. Like he caught Caulfield doesn't dro- driven play very well this year. He has 19 goals and nine assists, though. 
Um, so like, obviously I don't think, I, I'm assuming he's probably got like a 22% shooting percentage or something silly like that. I don't think he's like true talent that or anything, but if he is like literally like a 17% shooter or something like that, that would be awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent. Caulfield's a nice spot where he struggled to get volume that he will presumably get better at. And as he does, he might be able to offset the, the shooting percentage regression that's going to come. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, the Ottawa Senators. This is a fun one. Uh, they actually just signed Artem Zub as well. Forgot to mention the Trevor Moore deal. Four million, just over four million for Trevor Moore. For I think it was four years. Uh, did you have any thoughts on that for LA? That was a fine contract. Good for yeah. Trevor Moore. That's kind of what I thought too. And this is similar to the Artem Zub deal. Signed four years, four point six per for Ottawa. Um, I, I really like this deal. I think it's you know Zub's a really good defensive defense. He's one of the rare like actual good defensive defensemen these days. In terms yes. of like he doesn't produce offensively, but like when they say, "Oh, he's a defensive guy," it's like no, he actually can play in his own end. He's like legitimately good at it, and he's uh he's right-handed, mm-hmm. which is yep. clutch for a team that has only two good defensemen, both of which play the left side. Yeah, exactly. Um, and four years as well is the perfect term for him. He's going to be twenty-eight when he kicks in, so it's not like you're taking him to his mid-thirties. Yeah, twenty-eight to thirty-two, you're pretty comfortable with that. I like that deal. It seems good for both sides, too, where, like, because he's a defensive defenseman, he's not going to cash out on the open market either. No, and he came over from Russia as well and, like, wasn't sure. Like, I literally thought this would be, like, a a sixth defenseman for the team, and he just he's absolutely showed out. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, for Ottawa, I would say, I think... For me, as a Sens fan, the biggest wish list is getting a better right-hand defenseman. Fair. Like, losing Nikita Zaitsev and Travis Hamannick, personally, but, like, upgrading the right side has got to be the biggest thing. I think if you're looking for something to change, health is another thing. They have been pretty injured this year, which has been tough. Yeah, they have been really injured. My thing was uh, Stuzzle. Stuzzle keeps developing, because, like, he took a huge step this year before he got hurt. Yeah, all their stars, like all their big players have been great, which is why their record being as bad as it is is so weird. But like Drake Batherson is scoring again to bring it. People were trying to like shoehorn this narrative to bring it wasn't actually very good for a while. Um, he was point per game the entire season and now he's starting to score again as well. Uh, he's been unreal. Claude Giroux's been unreal. Brady Kachuk has looked really good. Stutzel's looked really good. Uh, Norris got hurt pretty early in the year, which is unfortunate. Jake Sanderson's looked absolutely amazing. Like Anyone that you thought needed to be good has been good. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I would say in terms of a purely winning game standpoint, right-handed defenseman, and then also depth. They're, uh, they came in line with, uh, in the year with a fourth line of Marcus Stelic, Parker Kelly, and Austin Watson. I wouldn't blame anyone for not knowing who two of those three guys are. They're like just your classic chippy 23-year-olds or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, this is going to be an elite fourth line. It sucks. They're not good. Yeah. There's probably a reason multiple people have never, like, people who know hockey well yeah. have not heard of two-thirds of them. Well, and, like, I was encouraged by both Costellic and Parker Kelly in terms of, like, yeah, they could be something or whatever. But, like, people were like, no, this is going to be, like, a really good four lines. Like, no, like, that's that seems pushing it just in general. Like, that, even if you are, like, much. excited about what they could do. Yeah, um, and, like, you probably got to have an eye on the future at this point, too, because they're definitely not making the playoffs this year. Yeah, that, that's the unfortunate part. It's like, what do you do this year? Because, like, like it's going to be a hard sell to the fan base to be like, no, we actually need to go get another top five pick, even if it, like, would be the right thing long term. 
Yeah, and it, it definitely would be because they don't really have a choice this year. No, like they're probably just going to be a team that like I could see them going on a bit of a heater at the end of the year again. I bet you they pick 10th overall. Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. They'll probably pass the Habs and Red Wings, but not the Panthers and probably not the Sabres. Yeah, they'll be like right in that mix. And then, yep, like anywhere from like 9th to 13th overall. Yeah. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they don't get to ask for anything. That's what I was just. But this team deserves nothing. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, they don't deserve anything. They've they've won their cups. They're bizarrely team. Fuck off, Tampa. Literally, like, I'm sure, their wish is going to be like stealing someone else at the deadline for a first overall or first round pick or something like that, but. You could say Hedman's results. Hedman's results have been pretty bad. A little turnaround there would be would be nice. But again, they've they've succeeded so much. I don't think they deserve a wish. Yeah. Um, yeah, Braden Point keeping like he hasn't looked he's been good, but he hasn't looked quite like the same as Braden Point pre-injury, I don't think either. Yeah, so, that's a good one. Yeah, like him him finding his game again to the degree we know he can would be a big one. Yeah, and it's always the thing with Tampa, too, where it's like, if points marginally worse than we expected, do they just not really care about the regular season? Yeah, I I definitely could see that being the case, too, right? Yeah, and like I'm sure those are overblown where nobody truly doesn't care, but I'm sure it's It's, hard to go 110% against the Coyotes. That's the thing. It's less about not caring and more about they're just not putting in full effort every night. Yeah. Yeah, there are obvious games where they're like, no, we're going to take it easy tonight because we know we can just dummy this team at 50%. Or if we lose the points, we don't care. Yeah. So, um, all right, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Top six left winger is what I put for them. That's a good one. Fighting all my urges to say a playoff round. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the big thing, right? But, it's either got to be defensive help Health, sorry, or top six left winger. That's pretty much it. That's the only holes on this team. Exactly. And I think the health will come naturally, but yeah, definitely a a wish for them. But yeah, the the hole that I think they need to go and try and address in the the, at the deadline is a left winger to play on that second line or drive a third line very effectively. Exactly. I'd probably prefer them to just play on a third line since you know Nylander, Tavares, or whatever ends up being the second line will be able to score whether they have a good left winger or not. Yep, exactly. But even just having them as another option in the playoffs would be very useful. So, yeah, you could also say uh, the Leafs have been in desperate need of like a guy who's good that has no business being good, and Pontus Holmberg might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Yep, not like amazing or anything, but Pontus Holmberg looks like a perfectly serviceable like third line center. And if yeah. you asked who you were excited about on their prospect pool, no one was picking him. No, not at all. Um, and they just traded um, Dennis Malgan to the um, Colorado Av- Avalanche for Dryden Hunt. They're really leaning into this whole when the top six is off the ice, the bottom six goals just not get scored on. Nothing happens. I don't love that for them, to be honest. I, I think, think it's one of the two lines, not both. Exactly. And I think like. Some of the players are like I like I don't mind like Kelly Yarncroke for that job because I still think he can score here or there, but it's just like yeah, I don't know. Like every single player you bring in doesn't need to fit that mold. 
Exactly. You don't need six of them. Yeah. Three. Right. Three is nice. But then again, like if they scratch, if they have six of them, they scratch three of them. I, I don't really care. Then. That's also true. But they're going to so. need someone who can score outside that top six eventually. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that's why that should be their biggest wish of 2023 and what they look at at the deadline. Yeah, All right, that's well, good. That went pretty well. An hour and 20 minutes or so. Um, Anything else you want to hit on? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. All right. As always, you can find all of my work at lastword.hockey.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NHL Sons and stuff. Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66 and all his work at theactionnetwork.com. Um, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, this will be our last episode, obviously, before Christmas. So hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, we'll likely be back between Christmas and New Year's with another episode. Might do a bit of a World Juniors preview. We're going to see if we can set something up for that. So um, stay tuned for that. And again, thank you everyone so much for listening and have a great uh, week.